We've been teaching on, um, on Wednesday nights on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I mean, most of the Wednesdays for a number of months now. And, um, you know, the Bible talks about these gifts and how vitally important, you know, that a gift is. If, you know, if, I, if I've got, if I bought something specifically for Dale and I wrapped it up, put a big bow on it, and I give it to him, I said, here, Dale, this is a gift. And he reaches in his pocket and hands me a $100 bill to pay me for it. Well, then it wasn't a gift, right? right? A gift is something that is received. His part is that he has to receive it. And um, in most cases, <laughs> not maybe not in every case, but in most cases, gifts should benefit you, right? When, when a couple gets married and they have a, a, you know, a wedding shower, you know, they... they they, uh, they sign up and, and they let you know where they want to buy things from and they have a list of gifts and all these kind of things. And so people that choose to buy gifts for a couple that's getting married, uh, usually if all of the gifts on their list get bought, that should benefit them, right? should give them an advantage. They got a kind of a head start. They got all this stuff that otherwise they would have had to buy after they get married and people buy it for them and these gifts and it, man, they're just benefited, Right? And they're fitted just right. And, and, and yet, yet a lot of times, I think in life, we have advantages come our way and we just kind of overlook them. We, we, we let them just stay there, be there, and, and we don't take advantage of those. And I think one of the places we don't take advantage of the benefits is in God's Word. I think a lot of times, because people haven't been taught that they overlook and miss a lot of the benefits that are in the word that we don't have to we don't have to live this life on our own and so many times people <clears throat> feel like <clears throat> excuse me <clears throat> sometimes people feel like that you know they're just here on their own there's nobody helping them uh, they're at disadvantage because of different things in life. And God has given us an advantage. He's given us just a, I mean, a lot of different gifts that if we learn to understand those gifts and how to receive those and how to tap into those and how to operate in these gifts, they, they will benefit our day-to-day -day life. I, didn't, I don't believe that the church was meant to live... Uh, apart from everything that God has for us so that we can exist on planet earth. So we don't, have, we don't feel like that we're just aliens here and we feel like we, we don't live on this earth feeling like we don't belong. I'm telling you, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. And so the earth belongs to me too, like it does you, like it does everybody else on planet earth. The earth was created for our pleasure. We were put here to enjoy living on planet earth and the things that God has given us to enable us and help us to learn how to live on this earth not all stressed out freaked out upset in fear overrun feel like we're overcome all the time we're, we're not supposed to live that way we're supposed to live a stress-free life where we're liberated and free and and not under the bondage of everything that the enemy throws at us in the world and in the system and all the people that we're connected to you know so you know I don't know about you but I want to like people you know, I, I want to like people. I, I want to be able to look at people in the eye and like them, you know, 
and, and enjoy being around people in spite of, you know, the fact that they're not perfect like me. Anyway, so, so I mean, I, I, I want, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, in spite of our differences, we ought to be able to enjoy people. But we can't so much of the time. Humanity can't enjoy people because we're so focused on what they don't do for us. You know, and, and how we get out of that, you know, is, is, is a lot of times a real difficult thing. But I'm telling you, in Scripture here, God has given us some tools to help us to be able to do that. 1 Corinthians 12, we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And I just want to look at just this, this one more gift tonight. We're talking about the gift of the working of miracles. And um, in verse 7 it says... But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one to profit you. In other words, the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit is given to each one of us to profit us. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, which we're talking about tonight, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, and to another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as the Lord wills. And in verse 31 of the same chapter, it says this, But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Earnestly desire the best gifts. Look at chapter 14 and verse 1. It says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you prophesy. But he said desire spiritual gifts there. In verse 31 of chapter 12, it says earnestly desire the best gifts. Well, I've heard a lot of teaching on what the best gifts are. But I think, I think the best gift is, the best gift is the gift that is needed at the appropriate time. You know? The thing that we need at the appropriate time. And, you know, there's a natural realm and there's a supernatural realm. There's a, there's a beyond natural realm that is who God is and where he exists and how he operates. There's a natural realm and there's a supernatural realm. And this passage of scriptures it says, says that these gifts, in 1 Corinthians 12 here, says that these gifts are supernatural gifts. There, there, there's something that comes on what we do in the natural that enables us or empowers us to do something that we couldn't normally do. As we've taught on these gifts, we've talked about this over and over again. There's natural wisdom, but then there's a supernatural wisdom that comes from the gift of the word of wisdom. And notice, as we talked about that in the week that we did, the word of wisdom, the, the, the gift of the word of wisdom, it's not the totality of wisdom, it's just a word. It's just, it's just a word or a sentence out of God's infinite wisdom and abilities and all-knowing that gives us something that we need in the moment, 
Why, why wouldn't we as human beings want something like that if God's given that to us and he wants to empower us with those things? Why wouldn't we want to receive that? See, but we got to understand it. And I, I, and I think, you know, a lot of times in the church, people just kind of throw things together and we don't understand that and, 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 and we think we can't understand it because, you know, it's the Bible and it's God and you just can't know what God thinks. But the Bible tells us we can know exactly what God thinks. And not only can we know what he thinks, but we can know how he operates and then we can operate any way he tells us we can. And if we can, if we can have a word of wisdom or we can operate in certain types of miracles and manifestations of things, man, I want that stuff. But I want you to think about this. You know, there's a, there is a general, well, let me give you my definition of a miracle, okay? The word miracle in, in relation to what we're talking about tonight is defined this way. It's a supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. A supernatural intervention by God in the, or, in an, in the ordinary course of nature. A supernatural intervention by God in something that's just the norm. That's what a miracle is. Now, Basically speaking, we use miracle in a lot of different ways. Have you ever woken up in the morning and you were up before the sun came up and the sun came up and you saw the sun arise and it just looked miraculous? Or you saw the sun going down and it looked miraculous? Okay. Okay. Basically, that's, that's a miracle but it's not out of the course of nature. That's what the sun's supposed to do, right? Okay? Have you ever, like, seen... Um, we were out of town this last week, and one place we were at, there was just... There were flowers that had colors that looked like colors I'd never seen before. Just, I mean, just this array of colors... That, that you couldn't paint. It's almost like there wasn't a paint color that looked like that, not a Crayola color, not any color on planet Earth that looked like these flowers. And just in a basic, natural way, you look at that and, and you can think of just the miracle of the beauty of those flowers. And, and it is, but yet, that's just the result of seed time and harvest time. Somebody planted flowers and the flowers did what they were supposed to do. Right? Okay? So, so when little Mackenzie was born, I had four little girls at one time, and they were all born. And the first, my first daughter when she was born, I can remember saying with my mouth, my gosh, what a miracle. What an amazing miracle that baby is. You guys probably said the same thing. What a miracle. Okay? Yeah, I mean, it's miraculous, okay? But the course of nature took its path and she just did what she's supposed to. She just came alive, right? So, so it's not a miracle in regards to just the course of nature, okay? But look at John chapter 2, and I want to read something 
that, um, that is like, a, like an interruption to something in the natural. Here, here's a story of an interruption in, in a natural in a nat- something that is done in the natural that was interrupted by something supernatural. John chapter 2. And, um, well, let's just, let's just read from verse 1. On the third day there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee, and a mother, the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your, uh, woman, what, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now these were set, now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 and 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. Okay, so they did that. That was natural course. They filled the water pots with water. What that had to do with wine, we don't know, right? But he told them to fill the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, But the servants who had drawn the water knew the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the the inferiors drunk. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning, this the beginning of signs Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Now you see... All the gifts of the Spirit are to do what? Profit someone. Okay? Here was something that was natural. It was natural to have those water pots there, and it was natural for those water pots to be filled to the brim with water. What wasn't natural is for that water to turn into wine. Jesus said time and time again in Scripture, I only do those things that I hear and see from my Father. So what he told them to do was a result of Father telling him what they were supposed to do. And when he told them what to do, when he told the the, the people to fill the water, and he told them to take the water to the man, he was doing it under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And what he was operating in was the gift of the working of miracles. I'll read the definition to you again. A supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. I don't know about you, but I believe God wants us to be faithful people, to live our lives upright, to do the best that we know how to do. But I believe that, that all along what God has wanted is for his people to be able to receive the fact that there are things that can happen in our lives that are an interruption to the ordinary course of nature. And I believe that the gift of the working of miracles is that gift that God has given to mankind to profit mankind, and it's as he wills it. See, 
These gifts don't just come to people and you don't just go after a gift expecting the gift to be yours. They're, they're, these gifts are for everybody. I don't care who they are. I don't care. You don't have to be somebody that preaches the word for the gifts to operate. Anybody can operate in these gifts as we've been talking about from week to week. Anybody, as the Lord wills it, can operate in the gift of the working of miracles. Now, Jesus and his disciples were invited to this, to this wedding. It sounds like to me that Jesus was just minding his own business. That's what it sounds like. He, he, he wasn't there to operate the gift of the working of miracles. You understand? He wasn't there. He didn't come there and say, well, I'm coming here to demonstrate how powerful that God is. You don't have to do that. You, 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 don't, you don't even, you, you know, so often, so often these things that should be, they should be a natural flow for us because people don't understand spiritual things it's not a natural flow it's something that's that's abnormal almost let me say this to you also when when little Mackenzie was born in the natural that's the first birth that every human being on planet earth has to experience to be able to experience the second birth So when a person gets born a second time, when a person gets born again, born again, somebody says, well, that's just, that's a miracle, okay? But born again is not a natural phenomenon like McKinsey is. Born again is a spiritual phenomenon. So born again is not a miracle in the spirit realm. Born again is the natural course in the spirit realm that a person has to take to connect to the spirit realm. Did you hear what I said? That makes sense, what I'm trying to say. See, see, Mackenzie is, she, her, her being birthed and born is, it, it's, it's miraculous, but it's a natural course in the natural realm. A person being born again is taking, is connecting to the natural course of the spirit realm. Okay? So, when we're in the natural realm, and we've got six buckets of water, and we need some wine, okay? We're talking about in the natural. It's a miracle for water to turn into wine. Right? And that is the manifestation in our lives. It's the manifestation of the gift of the working of miracles. See, it, it happened, every manifestation that you see in Scripture of this gift in operation operated through somebody. The gift doesn't, the miracle doesn't just float out of the sky. It happens through somebody. You remember the story of the children of Israel. The gift of the working of miracles single-handedly delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. The gift of the working of miracles supernaturally delivered the children of Israel out of Egypt. Why? Because there was supernatural intervention by God in the ordinary course of nature. 
right? So just, just a couple of those verses, let's look at them. I'm almost done. Exodus 7. Just laying the foundation of this and we'll finish it next Wednesday as we really talk about the operation of this gift as we've done each week. Um, where did I tell you? Exodus 7. That's it. That's where we're going. Exodus 7. Just, just something to look at or to read here. Just, just think about this. Um, then the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron. Here they are ready to, you know, they've, they've, they've taken the commission from God to lead the children out of Egypt. Out of Egypt. And, and the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you saying, Show a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod, cast it before Pharaoh, let it become a serpent. <laughs> okay, I don't care what the rod is made out of, it ain't going to become a serpent in the natural, right? So here's a supernatural manifestation by God that is disrupting the natural realm. Got it? And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants, and it became a serpent. And Pharaoh told his guys to do the same thing, and they did it, but then his, his, his serpent ate those up. And from then on, from then on, the gift of the working of miracles happened over and 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 over again. And then Pharaoh lets the children of Israel leave Egypt because he's, you know, I mean, I mean, half of Egypt is dead. I mean, all these plagues have just, you know, tortured all and, and, and traumatized the whole nation. And, and, and they, they've, they've lost everything. And now the children of Israel are leaving. He's letting them go. And they're taking all their riches. So, I mean, they've lost everything. Single-handedly, this gift in operation has stepped in and interrupted the natural flow and has done supernatural, miraculous miracles that have caused things in a whole nation to change. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I can see we live in a nation that needs some change. Huh? <laughs> we, we, need some, we, need some, uh, we need some supernatural intervention in natural things. But see, that, that's not going to just happen, and it's not going to happen by us waiting on it happening through someone else. God wants it to happen through you. And we'll talk about that next, next week. <laughs> That'll get you back next week, right? Another one, just real quickly, 1 Kings 17 and verse 8. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah. He had just had a rough time. And then the word of the Lord comes to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came, so he came to gates of the city. <clears throat> so he knew, he knew he was coming to a place of life. Huh? 
Anyway, I thought that would be funnier. Anyway. <laughs> When he came to the gates of the, to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, "Please bring me some water in a cup that I may drink." And as she was going to see it, he called to her and said, "Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand." So she said, "As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go and prepare it for myself and for my son that we may eat it and die." And Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as I have said, but make me a cake first and bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, okay? Remember, it's supernatural intervention by God to the natural course of nature. What was happening, she saw herself dead, so what was going to happen? As a man thinks, he is, right? So if you think you're about to die, you're probably going to die. And if, you, and if, nobody, if there's no intervention, you know, how, where, where is the intervention coming from? See, if Brian thinks he's a loser, I can tell him all day long that he's not, but until, until it changes inside of him, until there's an intervention, and that's what, that's what I'm convinced about in the gifts of the Spirit. See, I may need to operate in a word of wisdom or knowledge and say something or somebody that he doesn't even know comes to him and just gives him a word, a sentence. And that sentence pierces his heart and it does something to change and to turn his ship in a different direction and to say, you know what? I'm not a loser. I'm not down and out. I'm not going to be defeated because of this word. And the Bible says... Prophetic words, words of the gifts of the word of wisdom and knowledge, we're to use to fight with against the lies of the enemy, telling us things that are totally contrary. Amen? And, and it's this intervention of these gifts that I believe is so vital for the church to be who we're created to be to humanity. Not to ourselves. Not this thing working just like inside of a building somewhere. We need these gifts operating on a day-to-day basis like Jesus was minding his own business at the wedding at Canaan, right? They ran out of wine. His mom said something and he kind of was ticked. You know, it's not, it's, it's not my time yet. You know, what, what, what are you asking me about? And then he, then he says, she says, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And he got it from God and he told him, God told him what to do, and they did that, and it worked. And he was, here was a guy just minding his own business. You may be at Starbucks one day just kind of minding your own business, and all of a sudden, you know, because of the development of the relationship with God that you have, you may be just sitting there, and all of a sudden, you're minding your own business. You didn't go there to find somebody. I'm going to go find somebody, give them a word, and I'm going to exercise the gift of miracles. That's not this gift. That's not this gift. That's not those gifts of wisdom and knowledge. It's not natural knowledge. It's not natural things. See, we're talking about supernatural gifts that affect and disrupt what's going on in the natural so that then the natural can be affected by the supernatural and we can be taken out of natural results and start gleaning supernatural results. That's what I want. I want the supernatural effects. That's why I believe God's given us these gifts. And right here with this woman, as, as she, she, she thinks she's dying, he says, no, 
don't fear, everything's going to be okay. And what happened? The cruise of oil just, I mean, it kept coming. I mean, it kept coming. After she was fine and everything was good, it still kept coming. And it still kept coming. And it still kept coming. What was, what was Elijah operating in? The gift of the working of miracles. See, a lot of times when someone gets healed in their body, people call it a miracle. But it's the gift. It is the gift of the gifts of healing in operation. See, it's not a miracle. People think that just because someone got healed, that was a miracle. No, it, there was something else in operation where their bodies got well. Now, sometimes, I mean, it's miraculous. It, 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 it's, it's a miracle just in a basic natural sense, okay? But, it, but if we really want to define how these things operate, we've got to know and understand them and be willing to step out and be used by God to operate in these gifts. And just one more example, and I'm done. And I really like this because I've, I've heard a lot of people try to explain this away. But look at John 6, and I'll end with this. John 6. And verse 5. Well, uh, so he's with his disciples and... Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that, the, that these may eat? But this he said to test them, for he himself knew what to do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, and every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad who has five barley loaves and two fish, and there's 5,000 people. But what are, they, what are they among many? And Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. Now, now remember, Jesus was in a certain place preaching. He wasn't there to multiply food. He, wasn't, he didn't decide to go into the restaurant business. You know what I'm saying? He was there preaching. In other words, minding his own business preaching, here there becomes a situation. You know, there's more people showed up than what they thought, and now they got a situation. How are they going to feed the people? They're a long way from town, and what are we going to do about these people? Because they want to continue to hear the word. Okay? So, here's a natural situation that needs some supernatural help. Right? And so, here he is, and he's listening to God. He says... God's telling him to tell his disciples, tell the people to sit down. Now, there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise the fish as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments and remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up, filled 12 baskets with fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. In other words, it got their attention. In other words, it profited them. It was the gift of the working of miracles in operation because he heard from God, he did what God said, and it manifested. 
You know, I, I mean, I, I don't, so, so, so a lot of times what, what we think is, what we think is, okay, so we have to duplicate that. You don't have to duplicate anything. You don't have to feed 5,000 people to do the works of Jesus. You know, you know what is the works of Jesus? Obeying what the Father tells you. And if you obey the Father and you do what he says, it's amazing how these gifts will come into operation. In, in, since I've started teaching this series again, since, I, since I've been on this series again, I, I mean, I can't tell you how predominant the gift of the word of wisdom and the gift of the word of knowledge is operating in my life. This morning, this morning when I woke up, I had three words of knowledge for different people. One person that lives here and two people that live out of town. And those words were so direct. And one of the, one of the guys that I shared the word with when I called him, he said, he said, did I tell you about what God said to me about two weeks ago? Have I, have I talked to you and I told you that? I said, no, I, I haven't talked to you in two weeks. I was out of town. He goes, you just spoke to me word for word what God told me. Well, I wasn't waking up thinking about that guy. I woke up, I was thinking, all of a sudden he came to my mind and this word came to me. I don't know how it came to me. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, thus saith God kind of. It was something that, I, I mean, I know the guy. I know things that relate to him. But I heard something so clear. And he said, my gosh, God said that to me and showed that to me two weeks ago. See, that was a word of knowledge, a word in the now that became a word of agreement for him that empowered him to do something that he needs to do. You see, it's a supernatural intervention when even when, even we have, we have record that it wasn't enough when God spoke to Elijah in a, in a given situation. It wasn't enough when God spoke to him or, or when, when God spoke to the widow woman. She had to hear it from Elijah. It wasn't enough to hear it from God. She started believing she was going to die. But when she heard it from Elijah, from the man of God, something happened because what happened was it got in agreement with what God had already told her, but just hearing it from God in that, in that given situation wasn't enough. God set it up this way. We need each other. We need each other. Humanity needs each other, and we need to not just, just do our best and, and, and come up short. Listen, the Scripture says, when I've done all I can, when I become weak, he becomes strong. So yeah, we do all we know to do. We study the word and we, we become who God wants us to be. But when we fall short, the supernatural wants to come on and is supposed to come on the natural of our lives to, to make the things around us be, be interrupted by supernatural experiences so that we don't just, we're not just on the receiving end of everything that the natural wants to vomit on us every day. We don't have to do that. God's given us his spirit. He's given us his word. And he's given us these gifts to operate in. And I'm telling you, and, and I've been saying this to you week after week after week, but I'm telling you, you can do this. Next week, we're going to talk about this gift and, and how 
We're going to look at a number of different stories in the Word and then talk about the implementation of this gift. Because there's times, I'll just, I'll just say this as I end. When Moses parted the Red Sea, he operated in the, in the gift of the working of miracles, but he also operated in the gift of the word of faith to keep the water back. <laughs> Anybody ever seen something that was a miracle, quote, and then two days later it was gone? See, a lot of times these gifts will operate together and they'll overlap each other. I mean, God's in it for, it's a win-win for us. If we will, if we'll open ourselves up to this and, and, and receive these gifts on a day-to-day basis, there's no end to it. Listen, and, and, and th- there may be times when the gifts are, are directed towards you f- for your benefit, but listen, how amazing can it be every day when you can wake up and you can just go into the world with all of this empowerment at your disposal as he wills and you be a blessing to all of humanity everywhere you go. And I tell you what, the more you get your eyes off yourself and onto the helping of the people, man, that's when amazing things happen in your life. Amen?